0: Hello, my friends. It's been far too long. You are listening to another episode of your favorite podcast, Hank's Infinite Playlist. And if you're wondering why the soulful sounds of my voice sound so good tonight, that's because we have officially gotten actual microphones. It's a monumental day here, and I'm just glad to be sharing it with you. I'm your host, Justin Birnbaum, and joining me is the undisputed Sir Swish, Mr. Hank Pecker. We're continuing on with our Be A Good Sport category. And we just sat down and watched Trey Parker and Matt Stone's 1998 classic, Basketball. So, before we dive into things, let me do a quick recap of the rules here. We're watching eight sports comedies this season, all of which Hank has never seen. Hank will give his best guess about what it's about before we watch and a review after we watch. We have a whole new slate of categories sports-themed categories lined up, so if you were a fan of us in season 1 or 2, we're going to be departing from the norm quite a bit, but that's okay. While Hank unilaterally graded movies in the past as well, we're going to add a few new factors in to kind of switch up the process a little bit, so it's all going to be fun, and at the end, in our season finale, we will declare a winner of the category, much like we did with the last two, and one day, who knows, maybe all of our categories will compete against each other, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. So as we get underway here, we're going to jump right to pre-Hank, which was Hank's thoughts on what the movie would be about right before we watch the movie. So stay tuned and try not to get psyched out. Okay, so we are sitting down and we're getting ready to watch Basketball. Hank has no idea what the movie is about. He actually didn't even know we were watching that until I just said it. So Hank, pre-Hank, the
1: floor is yours it's a combo of baseball and basketball so it's going to be some sort of interesting kind of sport where you play basketball but you have to run around the bases and you can only shoot from certain bases and you can also have balls get hit at you and thrown at you and um... there's going to be a team of misfits that's not very good at whatever sport this is that get coached up and really bond and and beat the bullies in the end surprisingly not completely
0: far off but uh yeah let's go ahead and watch you've heard pre-hank and now we've watched the movie so now the floor belongs to you
1: hank give us your post-hank review yeah, you know they just heard pre-hank and that's pretty spot on i think this time uh, uh, i pat myself on the back for that Um, yeah, this is a fun movie. It reminds you of the games you used to make up in the driveway growing up. You know, of course, kind of a mockery of big-time sports, which have only become more commodified since we've been alive. But, you know, just some food for thought. Is that really a bad thing, to give players freedom of movement and and put sports in markets that are going to support the team? You know, I'm just saying, I think Baxter Kane gets kind of a bad rap as the villain in this movie. I think he's looking out for the league and and the owners and the players. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the movie really just goes to show you, that anything can be fun and attract a lot of enthusiasm if you play it with more passion and more energy and, and use more footwork in your psych-outs. Uh, so I, you know, I never really understood how the game actually played. They never really explained all the rules very clearly, uh, other than the very basics or how the playoff bracket's set up. That's kind of the point there. Um, but you know, if the beers come in in the end, maybe our softball team can too at some point.
0: I feel so inspired what you just said, especially the more passion, more energy, and more footwork part. Uh, Great review. Uh, You know, I agree for the most part. Uh, We all loved our driveway games as a kid. I mean, as a 31-year-old man, I still make up games in my house, mainly with my dog. Um, In our our apartment, too. In our apartment, yes. Uh, That as well. Uh, So as part of our kind of routine here— Usually now I do a bonus of observations, questions, things I observed from the movie. In the last category, I kind of went on a rant with it, so we kind of assign it to some sort of theme based on the movie. Basketball also has nine innings, so I wrote down nine innings of uh, observations. Uh, so here we go. Uh, the throwaway jokes in this movie are incredible. Uh, some I jotted down. Preparation H Stadium, uh, Doug Reamer drinking from the bidet in the beginning of the movie, When Squeak says, I swear if you rip on me 13 or 14 more times, I'm out of here. Um, The attention span nanosecond thing, uh, which uh, Denslow was talking about in the beginning. So great. There's a million in this movie. It's Trey Parker and Matt Stone. uh, Creators of South Park. Just incredible. Um, Number two. I hear your sister's going out with squeak is an iconic line, and I'm glad now that I can throw that out in front of you, and you will get it.
1: I'll get it. Uh, you may have already done it the last couple of years, and it's gone in one ear out the other, but agreed. I have. Uh, how much do we think Ted Denslow is worth? I'm going to say $1.7 billion.
0: Now, this is 25 years ago, so that's that's a pretty substantial uh, I mark. Thi-
1: I think he's a billionaire. I you know. Well, they, they say billionaire yeah, in the movie, I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean – He's not. He's not. He doesn't own the Dallas Cowboys, but you know he, he's doing pretty well. Yeah,
0: yeah, I would say so. Um, the cameos in this movie are incredible. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, I went on Wikipedia and pulled up a list. Uh, you ready for it? Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who doesn't say anything, is just in a trophy case, um, which is you know like. <laughs> How cr- much should they pay him for that? I. I mean, you see, you haven't seen Airplane, and Kareem makes I, it. I have seen Airplane. You said you haven't seen it. Did I say? You no. You told me yesterday I sent you a clip from Airplane oh. and you said I've never seen it.
1: Well, I didn't remember that clip, but I, I know the Criminal Jabbar in the cockpit scene. And he's like, I'm not Criminal Jabbar. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, we digress.
0: Uh, Dale Earnhardt. Yes. Reggie Jackson. Uh, Jim Lampley. Kenny Maine. Tim McCarver. Pat O'Brien. Dan Patrick. Real Big Fish. Victoria Selfstead, Playmate of the Year. Robert Stack. Greg Gunberg. Kevin Michael Richardson and Peter Tuias, Tuias, uh <laughs> I'm stumbling here, but we're gonna keep the tape rolling for uh, the humor here. Uh, Peter Tuia Sopo. There we go.
1: Plus, D- plus, of course, Bob Costas and Al Michaels uh, in the in the real cast. Now I have them announces. as a
0: a separate thing here because you're right; they are not cameos. Those are, they are in the main cast. Al Michaels and Bob Costas in this movie, but they are completely unhinged. Okay. <laughs> Amazing.
1: Al Michaels cannot get away with some of those jokes now, but he no, does he, not at all. He does, a, he does a great job.
0: I just like keep thinking back to the recent Al Michaels thing about how he only eats like steak and meat, and he doesn't eat vegetables. And based on this, Al Michaels in the movie that kind of tracks. Yeah. But yeah, um, okay. Are we sure the rules of basketball make sense? And I have two subnotes to this. I'm
1: I'm not. First of all, but. <laughs>
0: Because it seemed like there was a limit to how many single, doubles, triples, but you're also playing nine innings, and you know you could get twenty something hits. So, you know, maybe maybe you can only do one spot um, per eight. inning. Uh, maybe it's per inning. Maybe each person can do one of the spots per game. Like so, if there's twelve spots on there, each person could do it per game, and then you know, like you can only sing. Uh, I don't
1: know. And then you recycle. I don't. Yeah.
0: Um. The postseason jokes really resonate with me because I've been crying about the MLB postseason format and that they let too many teams in um, of late, mainly just because I'm sour as a Mets fan because of all the years that they would have made the playoffs if the playoffs had been expanded to where they are now. So maybe it's that, but, um, yeah, I, those jokes
1: particularly resonate with me. For a sport me. that's supposed to be not about greed, you know, there's a lot of different playoff games and brackets and that seems to be all toward getting the owners more money, but, you know. And, you know, it's even more resonating because of the in-season tournament
0: in the NBA, which kicked off
1: today. You had to get that reference in, didn't How,
0: you? I had to get the in-season <laughs> tournament in there, okay? Uh, other sub-note to this. Have you ever played a sport hammered? Um,
1: I don't think I have. You know, I did play one of our basketball games after a Wednesday happy hour <laughs> um, last year, maybe. Shout-out to – I hope I'm not forgetting his name – Charles – who in
0: a bind showed up at our men's league game when we only had four people and was our fifth man and basically played the entire game hammered. We lost by more than 20 (laughs) points, but I love (laughs) that. Wherever you are, Charles, forever love. We love you, yes. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Um, The nightly promotions are just A1, and the three I wrote down were Dozen Eggs Night, The Rooster Night, which I don't remember what it was officially called, and (laughs) Anal Probe Night (laughs) from the uh, Roswell game. Um, okay, moving on.
1: <laughs> what was the best psych out? Um, probably uh, cutting off the middle finger. Oh, really? I, I was, I was going to say the Marlon
0: Brando liposuction thing. Yeah. yeah. It didn't work, but no, you know, um, well the gut milk is pretty.
1: Yeah. I mean, that I comes back at the I end I too. Th- there should be a rule against interfere, like actual physical interference. I think, but you know you what,
0: know. when they make you the commissioner of basketball, yeah. um, <laughs> and number nine how often are you going to say to me use the happy dance going forward is that going to be a new thing yeah those?
1: you know I'll make it you know we, we sometimes uh, we do need uh, just you know deep breaths positivity happy um, dance belief uh, you know we, we've we got a lot of big sports coming up so happy dance gotta be ready
0: happy dance uh, and bonus extra 10th inning this is a shout out for friend of the pod Doug Greenberg In the movie, there is a line where they say it's not about the money, and he's probably the only person that's going to get this, but it's about the Mets, baby. Love the Mets. Hit a home run. All right. Okay, that's it for my bonus thoughts here. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with our segments. Okay, Hank, now that we're back here, it's time to dive into our segments. And for those who listened to the podcast in the past, Uh, Obviously, in previous seasons, these segments were quite different. For our Be a Good Sport category, we overhauled things, made it more in line with sports movies, sports comedies, or whatever. So let's go right in here. The first one on our list is Set the Odds, and the purpose of this is to assign real gambling odds to the events of the movie. Uh, So in this case, I'm going to lead us off, and to me, there's really two instances here kind of what the beers would go off at to win the title at the start of the season and what the beers would go off at in the actual championship game. Coop uh, and Reamer invented the sport and founded the league. And throughout the movie, it, it looks like almost every player is shooting a ball for the first time. They didn't cast many real basketball players for this movie, and I guess that's by design. The spirit of basketball is that anyone can play it. So, uh, yeah. But with that being said... The playoffs, as we learned, are a gauntlet of sorts. So no one's guaranteed. I'd say that given the talent on their roster and given who they are, the prestige of the league, prestige of who they are in the league, the beer's got to be in the mix of favorites. And now, when you start any sort of season, any professional sport, you know, it's always going to be, you know, pretty pretty underdog looking odds just because you have to you know lay down money for a long season. So I would say you know, the mix of favorites is probably 10 to one or less. And uh, so that's plus 1,000 if we're saying it in the odds we're used to. Um, I would say the beers are probably in that range or maybe a little lower depending on who's in there. And then when they get to the Denslow Cup, drawing the felons is not exactly a good matchup for them. You know, we see at the beginning of the movie that they lose to them. They choke on the highest stage. And I think the felons kind of own them in a sense. You know, it's kind of Golden State Cleveland, you know. Obviously, Cleveland got one, but Golden State you know, dominated that series. So the beers do come through in the end, um, but there's a lot of turmoil as they're going into that game with Coop missing and all. But ultimately, this is a talented roster. Coop returns, I think, even with all their historical issues. They come in as underdogs, but very thin underdogs at like plus 150 or plus 175. So I know that was long-winded, but Hank, I cede the floor to you.
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't write down a preseason odds. I'd give him more credit than you do. I think that they're, you know, Coop is the, the heart and soul of the team, the face of the sport. I think he makes a big difference. Um, uh, I'd put them at maybe plus four hundred, plus five hundred before the season to to win. It. That's where I think that's around where you see the Bucks or the Celtics or the Nuggets now in the NBA. I, I think that's a, a pretty good parallel. That they're 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 the favorite. I think in in the league, you know, they've been knocking on the door the whole time. They've been getting to that championship round, um, and without winning. Um, once they once they advance there, you know, I think before Coop's disappearance. I'd put him as the favorite against Dallas. I'd put him at, you know, around maybe minus 170. I I think the uncertainty around his status, Coop's status, as he he flies to Calcutta, nobody really knows if he's going to play, where he is. That that probably swings it to around plus 200 before the game started. Uh, You know, he makes a big difference. Um, But, you know, they're definitely a a team with a lot of tradition, a lot of history, and and they're, they're a team that you're expecting to see go a long way.
0: I think uh, you know a lot of justification there you know when you give me such well-thought-out answers Hank I can't argue with
1: you I just kind
0: of got to take your word for it so let's move on Um, fictional power fictional player power rankings excuse me so we've kind of been sorting this out on how we wanted to do this category what we arrived on is obviously in the last episode we each had our own list of three players for every movie, we're going to continue to rank three players, three characters. We're going to try and keep them in the sport as much as we can or in the context of the movie. And then we're going to each have a rolling five-person power ranking, which will kind of be continuous throughout the category. So do you want to go first or should I take it?
1: I'll, I'll go first. I mean, obviously, number one in this movie is Coop. I mean, that, that, that doesn't need any explanation. Um, number two, I'm putting Squeak there. <laughs> uh, you know, I, he's, he's kind of a glue guy to the team. Reamer, he gets a little cocky, a little arrogant, he, he, a little selfish, uh, as we see for a lot of the, you know, back half of the movie. Uh, he's a little oblivious about everything. Uh, Squeak is the guy that really holds the team together. He takes a lot of punishment, a lot of bullying. He, But he's he's a, a really great teammate. At the very end, he's the guy that stands on whatever board the, the, the board is called. And, um, you know... Really, uh, kind of s- resolves the conflict between Coop and and Reamer and and is able to kind of spark that comeback. So I put him in number two. I'm gonna put Reamer number three because uh, they're the I mean the the three beers players are really the the top three players in the movie. I think everyone else just has too minor a role to be considered in this. To me, um, do you want me to jump in with my three before we do sure, the overall? Sure.
0: Also look up the name of the board while I'm doing this. So, so we could throw that in there, because I don't remember it either. Uh, this is probably one of the ones where it's hard to differentiate too much. I did slightly. Coop's number one, obviously. He's the best player in the sport. And Reamer's a close two. Um, you know, I think the way the movie is set up, it does give the edge to Coop. But, but Reamer, you know, equally talented, I would say. Uh, Squeaks was interesting. I don't see him making my power rankings. I put at number three Dirk Jansen from the Dallas Felon, Felons, excuse me, and I did that because it seems like throughout the movie, and they have two very key matchups with the Felons in the Denslow Cup, Denslow Cup 4 and Denslow Cup 5, uh, it seems like Dirk Jansen has their number. So trying to just adhere to the to the context of the movie, who are the best bas- basketball players that come across here and and I got to give it to Dirk Jansen at 3.
1: Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I am really trying to google here what is the flat board called in basketball. It's just telling me that it's a backboard. I know what a backboard is. I, Did it, you type I, basketball or basketball? I typed basketball, but it's I, asking if I meant basketball. We're going
0: to have to just let that one go then.
1: Next episode. Next we'll we'll, we'll do like a little corrections uh or you know, clarifications segment. Um, and we'll we'll look that up for for our loyal listeners. All Uh, four of them. (laughs) (laughs) We know who you are. We know who you Uh, are. uh, In in terms of the top five power rankings, uh, I'm still going to put Dottie from A League of Their Own at number one. I'm going to put Coop at number two. Then we're going to go Marla Hooch and Kit, and then I'm going to have Squeak at number five. He's my number two in this movie. Um, they're kind of by default. He's not going to stay there for long, I don't think. None of the guys in this movie are athletes. That's kind of the point. So, you know, the, it, it's, it's tough to, to put them in, in the top five of yes, a real power. Yes, but
0: record. I do think you also have to, like, put in the context of their sport. Like, Coop is the, the most legendary basketball player in existence. Yeah. And that furthers it. So I, I again, differentiated a little bit. Um, Dottie remains number one. And Dottie has a chance to be number one
1: when we finish this oh category. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean what it's she's a, she's a strong number one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one deviation we had was I included Jimmy Dugan on my power rankings last time, and we kind of we were on the fence about whether whether that was the right move or not. Um, but in context of League of Their Own, Jimmy Dugan, who is a I believe a fictional character, you know, hit 50 home runs in a season, you know, had a lot of baseball left in him before his. Uh, egregious ways cost him the end of his career. Uh, so I had I left Dottie one, Jimmy Dugan just being the all round great player that he was too, and then I slotted in Cooper and Reamer because, again, you know, not athletes, um, <laughs> not nearly the athletes of the Rockford Peaches in a league of their own, but in the context of their sport, they are great players. Um, and then I had gone between Ellen Sue and Marlon Hooch for the final spot in the power rankings for the last movie. I've decided to give it to Marla, retroactively uh she's the best hero on that team not named dotty not to dive into uh you know a tangent about another movie that we previously watched so to recap you know you've got dotty jimmy coop reamer and marla hooch
1: i think that's a good that's a good rank
0: okay category segment three whatever you want to call it create a team i will lead us off here in case you need to improvise in the last few seconds uh In this instance, it's only fair that I honor my great homeland, Staten Island. A couple years ago, the minor league single-A Staten Island Yankees, who are now independent and called the Ferry Hawks, had a promotion, and many minor league teams do this, where they changed the name of their team and the identity of their team, and the Staten Island Yankees became the Staten Island Pizza Rats for a game. Honoring the best two things about New York City, pizza and rats, uh... I didn't even get a laugh out of you, so I must be losing my touch. (laughs) Um, So the billionaire investor in me is going to open my checkbook, buy the rights to the intellectual property for the Pizza Rats, and reincarnate the Pizza Rats as a basketball team. And, uh, you know, there was some cool merchandise that they created when this promotion came out, and I encourage you to look it up and see how cool their logo was and stuff.
1: I'm sure uh, in, in honor of the actual rat who was filmed going through the subway station dragging <laughs> a pizza. <laughs> yeah. Um, your turn. Um, well, you know, I, I'm going to honor my homeland to the Durham Devils. Um, uh, you know, we'd really go all, all out on the psych-outs. I mean, you know. <laughs> my
0: question to you is. Is every creative team you make in this category going to have some connection to North Carolina? Uh, you know,
1: it, it's probably. <laughs> I think that would that would be likely a little bit. I mean, you know, it, it, the team makes it itself. You've got Speedo guy, you've got the Blue Devil. I mean, you've got. Uh, we're going to get into Duke basketball players who would be. I mean, they're they they're just numerous. Oh, yeah. That would be good at basketball. So you know that that was that was the the obvious way to go for me here. Okay, uh, the final
0: category segment here. And is one that I do not answer because I, I I mean you'll see in ten seconds. But which Duke basketball player would fit in this movie?
1: Just think about Grayson Allen's outs here. I mean, you know, uh, it's tough because there's no physical contact, so he can't actually. Well,
0: that's what I was going to say if he can't trip me, is he really going to be able to do anything to
1: me? But, but you know, he he's still got the presence. Uh, honorable mention of Christian Laettner. I, I was going back and forth because because. Leitner's guy that can get under your skin too. Who is the best shit talker
0: in the history of Duke basketball?
1: i uh, probably Leitner. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I might be changing my mind while we're talking here and, and selecting Christian Leitner, but but you know Grayson and, tr- and the the modern era since I was born of Duke basketball. Of I mean, course. do you have any
0: Grayson Allen shit talking stories, or is it limited to just him illegally tripping players and hitting them in the crotch?
1: It, he he didn't hit anybody in the crotch, okay? Wait, didn't that happen? Well, no? that okay, that was that <laughs> was not, th- there were other instances that were, I think, unfairly, um... Characterized as a crotch hit. Yes, yeah, okay. sure. Benefit of the doubt. Um, but, you know, it, uh, most of it is the tripping. He, he's had a couple, you know, aggressive plays, you could call them in the NBA, that, that ended up, uh, injuring people. Um... <laughs> But, you know, we, we love Grayson in, in this household. A little homework assignment for you is I want you to connect with
0: your Duke community and find out who the best shit talker is. Um, the best contemporary shit talker, because we all know it's Christian Leitner. But uh, Christian Leitner played for Duke before you were born, if I remember correctly.
1: That's that correct.
0: Okay, so we got to figure out who the best contemporary shit talker is from Duke. All right. Usually, well, I shouldn't say usually because it's been a while, but... You know, in the past, we've gotten a friend of the pod to come in, pitch us a segment, and me and Hank would answer it spontaneously. Um, You know, I honestly, you know, we didn't even ask anybody. So instead, we're going to defer to our good friend, ChatGPT. The advent of AI has allowed our artificially intelligent friend to generate categories for us on the fly. We're going to take a quick break. We have no idea what the category is. Um, We're going to ask for a prompt. We're going to take a beat. We're going to come right back on and answer it. So... Be right back. Okay, so ChatGPT delivered. I will read you what it wrote back to my prompt, okay? ChatGPT. I'm glad to hear about your podcast and your unique approach to discussing movies. For your fifth category question, how about this? If basketball were an Olympic sport, or it actually says basketball, but I thought it said basketball. So we're just going to assume it's basketball. (laughs) What would be the most ridiculous ruler twist that they would add to it to make it even more entertaining and which real-life athlete dead or alive would dominate the competition? Should we do it as basketball or basketball? Uh,
1: Let's do – I mean, basketball already is an Olympic sport, but let's just do basketball. Okay,
0: okay. All right, so I wrote down a few things here. Um, One of them that I did not write down is the Elam ending because I am so against the Elam ending. uh, ruins, Ruins the excitement of buzzer beaters. That's not even fun. Okay. Terrible,
1: terrible. Elamending
0: is terrible. Okay. All right. So I wrote down three things, all right? The first one, shout out Mount Craig raising the rim to twelve feet or higher. That's not really entertaining or funny, but obviously, you know, like Wemby or Bulbul or Minute Bull would just dominate or Persingis, tall guys. You know, had to get that one out of the way. Okay. The second one is what if we lowered the hoop to some ridiculous height like three feet? Okay? Then it would be impossible. For all like the tall guys to score. And then like the people who would dominate would be like Nate Robinson and Muggsy Bogues and Spud Webb. You know, all my favorites. Okay. And the other thing I wrote down (laughs) is what if you put the ball reverse through the hoop and removed points? Okay. Which would create some intense strategy about who could put the ball through the hoop above it and below it. Um, And I would assume that the very tall guys who have long and lucky arms like Wemby would be adept at doing that. So, yeah. Uh, All right, Hank. Did I stall enough time for you to come up
1: with something? You did. You did. Uh, so I, I'm think I got a couple thoughts. One is, play the whole game in rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, you know, I I think that that probably advantages the the you know short you know shifty you know shorter you know guys with more agility probably a better you know. Easier to change direction. I mean, imagine when on skates on on on. on yeah, you know, he w- that he would not be effective. I don't. Do think. Do you think he's ever roller skated? I don't think he's ever roller skated.
0: Why would he? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, injury risk. You know. Of course. And then you know, I don't think there are really many hockey basketball crossover players. It's the same season, winter season. So that is true. Um, you know, I don't think many basketball players really know how to. You know, they they, they didn't grow is up ice skating.
0: Like, is this like a sub? tweet against your own brothers because your brothers played hockey and you played basketball?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe partly, you know, and and I think they would be better than me at this since I don't know how to, you know, roller skate. So <laughs> this is a case where the, the skating would probably be more valuable than the basketball skill. That can come. Well, I mean, like, how do you stop?
0: You know, those basketball courts are are, are pretty short. Yeah. Roller rollerblades aren't, you know, they're not like ice skates.
1: Yeah, yeah, you just got to be able to turn. You, you can't go to the basket hard and just keep going. I mean, you got to be able to, to control your movement. Um, so, you know, I don't even, like, Would who would win a one-on-one game between Sidney Crosby and LeBron James? I got to go Crosby. I think are I, they on ice or on rollerblades? They're on rollerblades on hardwood. Yeah, I mean, wow. Uh, <laughs> listen, if
0: anybody's listening to this podcast, like, please text, call us, weigh in. Who would win in a rollerblade basketball game, Sidney Crosby or uh, LeBron James? Uh, we may take to Twitter on that one, <laughs> or I'm sorry, it's called X now. Uh, yeah, to figure that one out. That reminds me of uh, there's like a viral like video or meme, whatever you want to call it, of like two guys playing tennis on ice. And it's called The Fourth Surface, and they like say The Fourth Surface, obviously a play on the three surfaces of tennis, but yeah. Uh, You got anything else? That's it for me. All right. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and then come back with the report card. Uh, Shout out to ChatGPT again, delivered on the first try this time, so we are grateful to you. All righty. So there are three aspects the report card, which has essentially replaced the Hank score from last movie. I have absolutely no idea how we're going to kind of like distill all these down into uh, the score, but that's a later Justin problem for now. Let's just have fun with it. Uh, so the first one is how funny was the movie? This is obviously a sports comedy category, so humor is quite important here. And I put down four of five. Uh, being that I've seen all the movies in this category, I know there will be – one or – at least one or two that will just draw a lot more laughs out of us, but y- I'm always going to say Matt Parker and Trey Stone and get it backwards. Honestly, now I can't even remember which one's which. Trey Parker and Matt Stone, right? Yeah. Okay. Trey Parker and Matt Stone are hilarious. I have been a big fan of South Park since I was a kid. The amount of, like, one-liner throwaway jokes behind the scenes – like, if you notice, like, sometimes when they're having conversations, there's just, like, things going on in the background. There's a lot in that this movie – um, if you watch this movie several times, you'll pick up new things. Uh, trying to be a tough grader here, but this movie is is hilarious. I'll give it four or five.
1: Uh, I oh, I'm sorry. Please, Hank. I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, you know, I, I I agree that this is that there's a lot of good humor, a lot of good one-liners here. I give this an A minus for for humor. I I think <laughs> I you know that that's a good grade. Um, we re- we really gotta. <laughs> figure out a, a more consistent <laughs> scoring system
0: our, our spreadsheet at the end of this category
1: is going to be a nightmare to work through but uh you know
0: that's what we do uh
1: all right hank how good were the sports in this well, one obviously terrible i mean the, the, the point was that they're they're terrible uh, i'm gonna give this a c-minus generously uh i mean did you see koop shoot th- he's the best player on the planet and he doesn't know how to shoot a basketball yeah the only two
0: good basketball-playing people that are shown this movie are those two guys that challenged them in the beginning of the movie um, who seem to be awesome, but, yeah. Talk, talk about setting the odds. I mean, they still should have won the game. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I mean, the psych-outs, though. Yeah. Uh, I put one of five for this. This is, you know, I know we haven't fully announced all the movies we're going to watch in this category, but I think the actual quality of the sports in this movie might be the worst in the category. Um, so... You know, when I think about where this is going to go in the future, the in terms of you know how we're going to rank these movies, I feel like that's going to be a huge obstacle for this one going forward. I guess um, you know we went back and forth this time, but uh, I the third thing I have written here is what does Hank think. So if you want to recount your thoughts in some way, shape, or form, please do.
1: Yeah, you know, good movie. I I, I gave a League of Their Own* a B plus, and and I think I, I did like that movie a little more than I liked this one. So yeah. uh, this is a this is going to be. Uh, you know, I, I think a, a, a B- would be maybe a little harsh, but, you know, sometimes you got to make tough choices, and, and uh, you know, this was a good movie, it, 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 I don't think it's going to come out on top of the category in the end, I, you know, I enjoyed watching it, um, above average, um, that's where we are.
0: Okay, I think, uh, honestly, I think the the B- for a League of Their Own is going to come back as one of the the most freezing cold takes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was, uh, that should have been in the A range maybe, you know, yeah. in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Quick break and we'll sign
0: off. A big thank you to all of our fans for listening. Big thank you to Hank, of course, and this podcasting app, whatever it's called now, you know, who knows? We'll be back soon. Relatively speaking, uh, Sorry about the delay, you know, it pains me, all I want to be doing is sitting here with Hank watching movies, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes, but uh, until then, Hank and I wanted to shout out a very special, loyal listener and former guest herself, Brittany, it's a great time to run the Marathon, Lewis, who is indeed running the New York City Marathon this weekend, so I hope to publish this podcast so she actually listens to it before she
1: runs, during, during the race, you know. Uh, it, she
0: could listen to it during the
1: race. Through it, like, maybe through three miles, who knows. Exactly. So, you know,
0: we're doing a service here, but, you know, we're wishing her luck, and hopefully I actually get this out the door <laughs> before she runs. So thank you all. See you next time, and I don't know what else to say.